Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. The uh, French people are deciding who's going to be their next president. And later on in the program, we'll talk with uh, Dr. Christian Luprecht, professor of political science at the Royal Military College and at Queen's University. He's an international expert on military, political, and defense issues. And we'll get a sense. Uh, Christian spends a lot of time in Europe. We'll get a sense from him about what may or may not happen in the French election. How close will the pollsters be? I was reading a a story this morning about a polling firm in France that did a study of police and military personnel in France, and there's been a significant shift among the military and the police to Marine Le Pen. Will she become the uh, president of France? We will find out. More than likely not immediately this weekend. More than likely there's going to be a runoff election featuring two in a few weeks' time. Of course, there's also the British election. Coming up, yep, they've got another one, which is uh, there to really support the uh, the view about Brexit, the decision uh, by the British people by majority during their uh, referendum to uh, get out of the European Union. And uh, Britain's new prime minister has decided that she needs a, an election to provide her with the kind of mandate that she requires to move forward with Brexit. The Germans are going to vote as well. So there could be a sea change in Europe before the end of the year. We'll find out, and we'll talk to Christian Luprecht before the end of the show. Australia has um, introduced an Australian values test for citizenship applicants. Also, citizens have to be fluent in English. And uh, if you're applying for citizenship in Australia, you must be able to demonstrate your ability to integrate into Australian society. That's going to be a requisite now. It's controversial, but... That's going to be the law if it isn't already in Australia. In Canada, the idea about Canadian values, of course, is a um, controversial issue. I don't understand that at all. Canadian values is something that we should all be proud of. I suppose it's the application that concerns people, and that's uh, Kelly Leach's uh, call for Canadian values to be established with newcomers to Canada. And since we're on the names of uh, Conservative Party of Canada leadership candidates, Andrew Scheer is going to be our guest later today, Saskatchewan Member of Parliament, and the youngest MP to be elected the Parliamentary Speaker by his peers. We'll talk to Mr. Scheer about his plans for this country if he becomes the leader of the Conservative Party and then subsequently in 2019 the Prime Minister of Canada. He, by the way, is completely fluent en français. Lots of for us to talk about. Uh, the opioid issue, big story in Ontario this week. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Fiona Campbell a little later on, anesthesiologist, 
and co-director of the Sick Kids Pain Center at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. She's the president-elect of the Canadian Pain Society. Once again, once again, the issue of opioids is brought up, but nobody bothers to talk about the patients, and we've been finding out about patients, chronic pain patients on the show. We've talked to them, and we've heard people say, that without their opioid medication, these are people who have to deal with massive chronic pain, they would consider suicide. And Dr. Campbell, who was on the air with us previously, said for those who become completely uh, emotionally overwrought and physically challenged by an absence of uh, opioid meds they've become accustomed to and that make their lives livable because of their chronic pain, those who commit suicide, there's a four, sort of a four-step process that, that happens. First, there's the the pain, then there's social isolation, and then there's depression, and then there's suicide. But nobody talks about the uh, the chronic, pa- uh, chronic care patient or chronic pain patient. Over uh, a number of years ago, when I was in Montreal and I was broadcasting this program from uh, AM 940, which was the chorus radio station in Montreal at the time, I got to uh, know a young man who emigrated to Canada from Mexico, and he came to this country following all the steps all the requirements the Canadian government decided uh, had to be met. He followed them all, every single one. Became a Canadian citizen, a very proud Canadian citizen. And he and I talked about Canadian issues, global issues on a regular basis. We're both political junkies. And Camillo, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a long time. Glad to talk to you again, Roy. Yeah. Uh, You've been in Canada for how long now? It is 15 years. Wow. And when you, time flies by. When you came to Canada, um, you knew there were rules in place. You also knew there were options to bend those rules, and we'll talk about that in a minute. There was a website that was aimed at people in Latin America that we'll, I'll ask you about in a moment. But you came to Canada, and you followed each and every rule, and uh, that included getting an immigration lawyer and doing everything you had to do to become a Canadian citizen by the book, correct? Yes, that's what I did, because... I like to respect the rules. I think they are there to give us a better understanding and framework of life. Yeah. Camilo, did you find it to be in uh, a difficult process, an onerous process, something that that uh, took, you know, a lot of your time? And, and, and uh, did you ever say to yourself, maybe I should should have chosen what other people choose, and that is to bend the rules and enter Canada illegally? No, actually no. Probably because uh, I understood through patience and hard work it could be achieved, and I'm patient. Yeah, Canadian citizen. You 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 brought your fiance here at the time, and she also became a Canadian citizen. And you guys were out for dinner. You told me the story. You were out for dinner in a restaurant in Montreal, old Montreal, one night. And you heard people speaking Spanish, and if I recall correctly, the dialect was the same dialect that uh, you would have spoken, Spanish dialect, that you would have spoken in your area of Mexico. So you realize these are people from the same part of Mexico that you're from, and you have a conversation with them, and what did they tell you? What did they tell you about what they were doing in Canada? Well, it's, it's really funny, because the first question, question they popped was... Uh are you a Canadian citizen? When I reply yes, they say, well, how do you do it? I explain them. I, I hire a lawyer. I present all the paperwork. I waited. Uh, I came back to Mexico to pass some tests. And eventually I got my residence. And after three years of working hard, paying taxes, 
uh, I present my exam, uh, I pass it, and swear the oath, and you know, became a Canadian citizen. And the reply was, that sounds like too much of a hassle. <laughs> they actually told me they came here on their honeymoon. And I said, well, that's very nice. So how did you pay a package or how do you organize it? And they say, no, a friend of us told us in Mexico how to came to Canada, apply for refugee status, and stay, literally, milking the government for six months, and then we come back to Mexico. After six-month honeymoon paid by the taxes of people like me, who work hard every day. So they took advantage of every opportunity that Canada afforded people who need refugee status, who are legitimate refugees. They weren't. They needed, they wanted to go on a honeymoon. And they found out that Canada will accept refugee applications. And while your case is being investigated, you get support from the government. You get medical support, you get financial support, and you have the right to be in Canada. So they took advantage of that. Yeah, and, yeah I, I find it pretty shocking. Really, really shocking because I, I have met cynic people, but these people didn't, didn't sound like they had any remorse. They find it pretty okay. That was shocking. You also told me, and I'm going to come to back come back to this couple in a second. You also told me about a website that I, you told me I believe that it's not up any longer, but it had been up and it was aimed at people in Central and South America, and it was about entering Canada. Share with my listeners what that was about, please. Uh, well, uh, it's not only a website. The thing is. I'm a very good friend with my immigration lawyer. To the point, we're still friends uh, now. We sometimes have dinner together. Two weeks ago, we had a very nice dinner in her backyard. And sometimes she shares information with me. And once, she showed me this website where they have information about specifically Montreal and Toronto what kind of stories they should use to apply for refugee status and get accepted. What was more shocking to me was not just the richness of the detail, but they also had information about what churches they will offer them clothes, food. And Montreal is very generous in that sense. It has a lot of organizations that will help refugees. So once she even showed me a photocopy of a paper, a person who applied for refugee status left on all the papers, this person presented at the airport to the immigration officer, and this paper was not supposed to be on the dossier my lawyer got. But for some reason it got in the hands of the government Maybe someone didn't read Spanish, because if they had read Spanish, they would have realized this paper has a list of the churches where to get clothes, the organizations where to get food, uh, all the little tricks they could use to milk more the generosity of this country. And that really enraged me, because I don't have the heart to do that. Yeah, you did everything the way you're supposed to do it. 
and you pay taxes and you contribute, and your intent is to contribute. When it comes to refugees, you want to contribute, as we all do, to people who really require refugee assistance, who are legitimate refugees, and who need the help. But the couple that you met in uh, in Old Montreal at the restaurant, and clearly this website, uh, whether or not it's directly aimed at people, and the suggestion is that they break the law and enter Canada and fraudulently abuse the system, um, it, it still delivers that message and that option to people who might say, yeah, we'll do that for a little while. And what I'm thinking, Camillo, is with that couple, when at the end of their six months in Canada, when they've milked the system dry, they return to Mexico, and in Ottawa they say, oh, another successful case. Uh, let's close the file. They've gone home, so we've handled this properly. Meanwhile, Canada has just been defrauded. Hang on, my friend. We're going to talk. come back to you and talk to some, some more because I want to find out from Camillo what it feels like to be a citizen in this country and having obtained citizenship correctly. But now just remember what he said about that couple in Montreal who are defrauding Canada because they could and because it was easily available to them. We'll come back. You listen to Green. green. You might turn red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. So Canada is viewed as a bit of a soft touch internationally as far as the refugee system is concerned. Our policies are concerned. That's not new news. That's been the case for some period of time. What you're hearing from Camillo in Montreal is a story of one couple. Just He just met them by accident and heard how they were defrauding Canada over six months as they were honeymooning in this country from Mexico. Camilo, what are you hearing from Mexico now, people in Mexico, about any level of attraction of coming to Canada? We're hearing more and more about people from uh, Central America, maybe South America, looking to Canada as opposed to the United States because of their concerns about the, uh, the Trump administration. We also know that people, some 1,860, have crossed the border illegally between uh, border crossings, official border crossings, are now in now in the country, and their stories are going to be heard by the Immigration Review Board. But what are people saying to you in Mexico about any attraction or any sense of wanting to come to Canada? Well, honestly, I must say I've been hearing more about the Mexicans living in the States coming here, which is pretty worrisome because he's if you check the stats, or at least the stats that uh, Radio Canada is using on their newscast, apparently since January, the number of people crossing the border illegally is increasing every month at the tune of 150% per month. And that includes uh, Ontario and Quebec border. Now, on the Facebook groups of Mexicans in Montreal, there are a lot of Mexicans living in the States who ask, how do they come here? What do they should do to apply for refugee status if there's a way to get refugee status just because they're 
living in the States illegally, and now Trump is coming after them. And believe me, everyone here, or at least my friends, are telling them, look, Canada is not USA. And if you come here, you're going to have a very difficult time. People are not going to hire you just like they hire you in the States. The government is not going to support you because you come from the States. They need to validate your entrance, and that's in your country, not in the States. So you have to apply for refugee status at the Canadian embassy in your country. You cannot just cross the border. You're going to have a super hard time. Yeah, unless they do it and then are apprehended by the RCMP and are taken to uh, Immigration Canada, Citizenship and Immigration Canada, and then the process of evaluating their claim uh, carries on. In about a minute and a half we have left, Cabello, what, uh, what should Canada do to stop or slow down the fraudulent abuse of the uh, refugee system? What would you want to see done? Well, I think the real measures to find a solution are pretty expensive and will be controversial because it will need a change in the procedures. It will need a change where probably it will be harder. And I'm pretty sure that's not going to be popular because, yes, Canada is a great, generous country. And I'm proud of that. However, it breaks my heart to see how people abuse it. And it enrages me as fellow countrymen from Mexico because I'm born there. I'm not so identified now with Mexico because I've been living here for 15 years and I love Canada. If they ask me what nationality you prefer, well, I will say it's been like 12 years I don't renew my Mexican passport, so I already made the choice a long time ago. Yeah. So you're a proud Canadian, and it's time to toughen things up, or at least protect the border and then make the refugee reality available to the people who genuinely require it, not people who find out that the country's refugee system can be abused and then abuse it. Camilla, we're going to stay in touch. I'm not going to let this many years go by before I talk to you again. Well, thank you for calling me, and it's a pleasure. Anytime you need me, I'm ready to help. Okay, we'll talk again. There's Camillo in uh, Montreal, and I just wanted you to hear his story. Now, my number is 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. What do you want Mr. Trudeau to do? 1-800-263-2428. And did the stories Camillo told surprise you? We'll come back.